0: We're going to speak on healing this morning, and just to, to, to emphasize afresh, you know, it's, it is God's desire. God's desire is to heal. His desire is to heal. He wants to heal. He is revealed as the healer, and in Matthew's gospel, in the gospel of Matthew, and in chapter 8, we see there that a leper comes to Jesus. And verse 1, and when he was come down from the mountain, this is after Jesus had been teaching. He'd been the Sermon on the Mount, and wonderful truths had come from his lips. And he came down from the mountain. Many people were following him. And there came a leper to him. And that leper, you know, worshipped, worshipped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you wilt, thou canst make me clean. If you're willing, Lord, you're able to make me make me clean. you know he knew that Jesus was able to, but he wasn't sure whether it was his will or not, but then so he asked Jesus he said, you know if it is your will, make me clean and Jesus straight away he put forth his hand and he touched him, something that was breaking the tradition of that day because you know, lepers were unclean, they were outcasts, they were not to be touched. But Jesus showed compassion and touched him, saying, I will, I will, be thou clean. And you know, immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And so that leper, his declaration of faith, we see that his declaration of faith in the ability of Jesus to heal. And then in verse three, and Jesus put forth his hand. He put forth his hand, and there he touched him. He said, "I will be thou clean." And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Now, some healings there there are you know, a process, but in the Gospels, when we look at the healings of Jesus, most of the healings were you know instant. They were, they were immediate. And, you know, here it says the word verse 3, immediately, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And so we see the compassion of the Lord towards this afflicted man. And often we find in the Gospels, we we read of Jesus being moved with compassion. He moved with compassion. That heart for the sick and the needy and the hurting. And then out of compassion, you know, came healing. And often compassion and healing are related and are linked together. And Jesus was, he was willing to break those, some of those religious traditions, you know, of the day in which he was living, living. And instead of rejecting that man, you know, he reached out to him. He touched him. He showed love. He showed compassion towards him. And, you know, I will, I will be thou clean. And when we look at Scripture, I mean, when we go through the the account of the Gospels, you, you go through Matthew, go through Mark, go through Luke, go through John, we see the overriding tenor. Of, of 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 scripture of the gospels is that the Lord heals the Lord he is a healer and he wants to heal. Now we are we understand there are certain cases which are which are difficult for us to comprehend. God's ways are are above our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. You know we are, we are finite. God's infinite and. And it, it is true, it is true that there are sometimes very godly people who suffer greatly in their physical bodies. I mean, Job, uh, God allowed Satan to afflict Job. And, you know, it's also true, it's also true that the fellowship of his sufferings, which the Apostle Paul spoke about, uh, you know, sometimes that includes or involves suffering in the area of our physical bodies of course it can mean in our soul in our spirit in different ways but when we look at scripture when we look at the overall tenor of scripture it's very clear it's very clear that it is the will of god it is the will of god to heal and and we see that we see that way back in the the in, in the book of genesis the book of exodus way way back early in the scripture in the Book of Genesis, we see that the first healing in the Word of God was Abimelech, and and then God had God had closed up the wombs. J- judgment had come because He'd taken Sarah, the wife of Abraham, but God healed the wombs of uh, of a, of a, a Abimelech, Ab- the woman there, uh, um, with, with a Ab- with Abimelech, the, the Philistines, and he, God opened their wombs. God did a miracle. And then in Exodus, the second book of the Bible, God. Uh, this is shortly after the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. They crossed over the Red Sea. They come into the wilderness, and then God reveals to them. One of the first things that happened when, once they got into the, into the wilderness was God reveals one of his redemptive names, To him, and that name we find in 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 Exodus and chapter fifteen, Exodus chapter fifteen, and verse twenty six, and it tells us there. And he said, "If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes." I will put none of these diseases upon him, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals thee. And so God is wanting to reveal to them his nature. God is re- wanting to reveal to them what he's going to do and what he wants to do. And But there, there were conditions to that. And the Lord said, to Moses and to the children of Israel. He said, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, if you do that, then I will be your healer. And that last part, it says there, I will put none of the diseases upon that which I've brought upon the Egyptians. And God, it was God who brought diseases on the Egyptians because they had rejected the Lord. They'd gone after other idols. And it was God's punishment. It was God's judgment upon them. And so, you know, sickness at times, and we need to discern, but at times can be a a judgment because of sin. And, And it clearly says there, I have brought these sicknesses on the Egyptians. But God says to the children of Israel, if they will walk in God's ways and his statutes and obey his commandments, then God says... I will put none of these diseases on you. In other words, you'll be free from disease, from sickness, for I am the Lord that heals thee. I am the Lord that heals thee. And that is one of the redemptive names of God. In the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your doctor. I am the Lord, your healer. And so... God is establishing, you know, early on, it is His desire to heal. It is His will to heal. And we're introduced to the Lord, the one who heals us. And so, divine healing, it's in the atonement. And Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. And that's what it tells us, Hebrews 13 8. And it tells us in Malachi 3 and verse 6 that. He's a God who does not change. I, the Lord, I change not. I change not. I change not. And so, you know, through the Old Testament, we find many, many examples, you know, of God reaching out his hand to heal and deliver and to set free. And he came to to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal those who are sick. And in the ministry of Jesus, in the ministry of Jesus, Healing was a major part of the ministry of Jesus, and in in Matthew 9 and verse 35, when it's speaking about the ministry of Jesus, and it says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, this is up in the area of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease amongst the people. And so there, Matthew breaks the ministry of Jesus down into three parts. And he speaks of the teaching ministry of Jesus. He speaks of the preaching ministry of Jesus. And he speaks of the healing ministry of Jesus. And Acts 10 and verse 38 tells us there, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, those three and a half years, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And so even in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if we read those accounts, it works out something like one-fifth of the Gospel accounts is devoted to the healing ministry of Jesus and various discussions relating to it. And so Jesus is very clear in his, in, his, in his ministry. He is the great physician. He is the one who's come not only to forgive us of our sins, but to heal our diseases. And he died on the cross for us so that we would receive Forgiveness, so that we would receive healing. And not only did Jesus himself heal, but then Jesus, he commanded his disciples to heal the sick. And in Matthew 10, we find there the disciples. And one of the things that the disciples, that Jesus did or told his disciples to do, was to go out, it was to preach the gospel. And in chapter 10 of Matthew in verse 7, he said, As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he tells them what to do. And he tells the disciples in verse 8, he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give, freely give. So here is the occasion of Jesus sending out the 12 Apostles. He's sending out them and part of their commission from Jesus is to heal the sick. And then in Luke's gospel in chapter ten, he sends out seventy more, seventy more disciples. And part of their commission, which Jesus tells them to do, is to go out and to preach and to and he says, and to heal those that are sick. And it is the same today. For a true disciple of Jesus, and as we we turn then next to the the Book of Acts, and we see not only miracles in the Book of Acts, we see healings, miracles are manifest everywhere in the in the ministry of the early church. I mean, Peter's going up to the gate Jerusalem. He's going up to the temple to pray, and there's a beggar there, and the beggar is you know he's wanting he's wanting money, and and then Peter says, well, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And he had. He had the power of the Holy Spirit within him. And he said, he was able to say, you know, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And a, a wonderful healing or a, a miracle really happened. And that man was, 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 was walking, leaping, and, and praising God. Totally healed. Totally healed. Instantaneously. Totally healed. God came and the power of God came. And so that's what they prayed for in the early church when they when they went to prayer. They prayed that God would move and that God would move not just in the natural realm, but that God would move in the supernatural realm. And in their pre- one of their prayer meetings in Acts 4 in verse 30, it says for they were crying out to God that God would move and by stretching forth thine hand to heal. They said, Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Lord, show signs and wonders, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus, of thy holy ch- child Jesus. And so there, uh, you hardly read a page of the Acts of the Apostles without you know, reading about a miracle, reading about a, 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 a healing. And uh, that's what they cried out to God that God would stretch forth his hand to heal. And then over in chapter 19, this time it's the ministry of the Apostle Paul. He's on his third missionary journey. He's in the city of Ephesus. And he's speaking, and it says there, and God wrought special miracles. Special special miracles came by the hands of the Apostle Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them." The evil spirits went out of them. And then Jesus himself. So Jesus, he healed in his ministry. He he trained the twelve. He sent them out so that they would heal. He, he The seventy disciples, other disciples, he taught them, he trained them, and then he sent them out and commanded them to go and to heal the sick. And then we see the, the the fruit of that in the Acts of the Apostles. We see after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, they went out and they 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 preached, they prayed for the sick. Many healings and miracles occurred. And Jesus commissioned all believers amongst all nations to lay hands on the sick. And, you know, some of the the last words of Jesus, some of the last words of Jesus and the great commission from Mark's gospel, he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then also in that same commission, at the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And Jesus is saying that he's not saying that to the apostles. He wasn't just saying that to the twelve, the, the, to, to the twelve, but he was saying that to those who believe. These signs shall follow those that believe. Those that believe. You know, they weren't missionaries. They weren't. They weren't pastors. They weren't apostles. They weren't prophets. They were believers. And Jesus. Commissions believers he says to go we're not only to share our faith and to share the gospel but Jesus said to believers lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover and I believe healing streams are coming you know as we I, I know we don't we haven't been seeing too many healings of late but I have absolute assurance in my heart. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And I don't believe they're too far away. When, you know, healing streams, I get a flow, and they get a flow. When they flow, I mean, healings just take place. Bang, 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 bang. I mean, they just, they happen, you know, over and over again. And, you know, that is, that is, That is what's coming. The revival in in the last days. Part of the revival in the last days is we're going to see God's hand stretch forth to heal. We're going to see healings and mighty signs and wonders. I still remember one time I was speaking in India many years back and it was a big convention. Many churches had been gathered. In fact, there were several thousand people there And the meeting was on a big open field. And I was speaking that night, and we had an altar call. And many, many people raised their hands. Many people raised their hands, you know, who who needed healing. There was no room for the, there was no room at the front. there was no no room at the front they couldn't come down to the front cuz people were, were seated right close near the near the near the platform and and so i just felt to shear to get some of the those who were sick to keep their hands up to raise their hands some of the believers to just lay hands on them and pray for healing and so that happened you know all, all over the area where they they were seated and and then the meeting finished, and then the next day, the next day we got a testimony. There was one lady who had come, and she had this huge goiter. It was a huge, you know, goiter on, on, on her neck, big growth, huge growth. And when she was prayed for, just by a believer, you know, nothing happened. That in the evening, evening meeting, nothing happened that night. But then, uh, you know, she went back. She slept overnight. And then God did a miracle through the night and that completely it completely dissolved. It completely went away. C- completely went down. It was it was just completely normal. You never know anything that happened. And uh, so she came the next day and you know she'd been she'd been wonderfully healed. And it was by just a, a simple believer, you know, who was who you know, who prayed who prayed for her and, you know, a, a wonderful miracle. You know Jesus a verse that I, I I often mention, and it's an astounding verse. it's an amazing verse, but Jesus spoke it. And in John fourteen and verse twelve, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes in me, the works that I do shall you do also. and then then Jesus said, even something more astounding, he said, and greater works than these shall he do." Now, that means greater works than the works of Jesus. I mean, we know all the miracles and all the works of Jesus. And here, Jesus himself is saying that believers are going to do even greater works than he accomplished because he was going to his Father. And I believe in the revival that's coming. It'll be the greatest revival that's ever ever happened on the face of the earth. and the best wine is kept until the last and we're going to see the miracles of Jesus what we saw you know in the gospels but there's, there will even be greater even be greater miracles signs wonders healings so divine healing it was ministered first by Jehovah by God then by his son the Lord Jesus Christ next by his disciples then by the early church and and then Jesus in his final commission before he up and he ascended to heaven, he said believers were to lay hands on the sick and to pray. And so physical healing should be as much a part, you know, of of, of Christ's ministry today as it ever ever was. And that's, you know, I believe where we where we are heading. Going back to Matthew chapter eight. We looked at the first few verses about the leper who was cleansed and Jesus said I will I will be thou clean be thou clean. And then after that we we read a story a, a, a story about the centurion who came to Jesus on behalf of his beloved servant. And in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5 Jesus had entered into the town of Capernaum and that was one of the towns on the, on the coast, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there came a centurion, a Roman centurion, and pleading with Jesus. And the centurion was basically equivalent to a captain in a modern army. And a centurion, we get the word 100 from that, he had 100 soldiers you know, under his, under his care, under his authority. And the centurion had a servant. And this, this servant of the centurion, he was loved by his master. He was loved by the centurion. The centurion says to Jesus in verse 6, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And he, he had a burden for this servant. And he loved his servant. And th- this is important because Healing often flows through, as I mentioned before, it flows through love, it flows through compassion. And because it you know, flows through love, it flows through compassion. And here is a man who had, he had compassion, he had compassion upon those who served him, who helped him. And so in verse 7, Jesus said to him, I will come, I'll come, I'll come to your house and I'll heal him. What a wonderful offer. And, you know, in other words, Jesus said, you know, I will. I will. I will come. He was saying, basically, it's my will to heal him. And it's God's will, as we saw with the leper. And then in verse 8, verse 8 is an interesting verse. That centurion, he answered and said, Lord, I, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. And so there's a deep humility in his heart. There was no touch, no trace of pride or arrogance. And I- I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And in other words, he was, it was a courtesy he was showing to Jesus in not wishing to, you know, take his time or waste his time. And that man had a, had a God given revelation that, that Jesus. Is the Lord. He is the master. He is God. And Jesus must be our Lord. You know, people talk about Jesus, he's my Saviour. He's the one who forgives my sins. That's that's wonderful. But he doesn't want to just come as Saviour. He wants to come to take over our lives. That we acknowledge the Lordship. He is Lord. He is master of our lives. And he is Lord. And he said, Lord, you just speak the word only. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. You know, we see the faith, the, the, the tremendous faith of that, that centurion. I mean, Jesus had offered to go to his house and to heal him. But then the centurion said, well, Lord, Lord, you, all you need to do you're the lord all you need to do, speak the word and your servant will be healed so we see his tremendous faith you know without faith the bible says in hebrews it is impossible to please god without faith it is impossible to please god and you know should, you know he this this man uh you know he was he was a wonderful a wonderful step of faith. Speak the word only, and another wonderful quality about the centurion, he was he respected authority. He respected authority, and he said in verse nine, "I'm a man under I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me." So he was saying, "I have authority above me, but I'm also in charge of others." And I speak to one servant, I say, well, go, and he goes, and I say to another one, you come, and he comes, and I say to another servant, well, you do this, and he does it. And so he respected authority. And he gave commands to those under him, and he expected his, those under him to obey him. And the centurion himself, he was under authority, and, and he obeyed the commands of his superiors and then in verse 10 it says when Jesus heard this when Jesus heard this Jesus marveled and he said to them it said to them that followed verily I say to you truly I say unto you I have not found so great faith no not in Israel and so Jesus was he was moved Jesus Jesus' heart was touched. Jesus' heart was moved by the faith, the, the great faith. He doesn't just say faith. He says great faith. You know, there's levels of faith. There can be, you know, a little faith, a little bit more faith. There can be faith. There can be larger faith, more faith. But this is great faith. And Jesus says, Commends the great. I've not found so great faith, not, not even in Israel. Here, it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even a, a Hebrew, it wasn't a Jew. It was, it was a, a Roman, a centurion, a Gentile. And Jesus is saying, what great faith that he has. What great faith that he has. His, his, great, his great faith was partly rooted in his life of obedience and his attitude to authority. And then in verse 13... It says, and Jesus said unto the centurion, you go your way, you go your way, and as you have believed, so it will be done to you. As you believed, it will happen. It will be done to you. And the words of Jesus came to pass as a servant was healed. That same time, exactly as Jesus spoke the words, at that same time, the centurion's servant was wonderfully healed. And you know, distance was no no barrier just because the the servant was not physically right where Jesus was at the same time. It was no barrier. The servant who was healed was not even present on this occasion. And so there was faith involved. And faith is an important factor in the in the you know in the healing ministry of Jesus. And you know, Jesus saw, he saw the faith of the paralytic man on a bed. And those four men, they were determined, they were going to tear the roof up, roof off so to get Jesus down. And when they were doing that, by their actions, it says Jesus saw, he saw, he visually saw their faith of those carrying the paralytic. They were in no doubt that they were going to have, that that man was going to be healed. And Jesus he, he, Jesus also applauded the faith of the blind men, and the blind man who, who cried out that their eyes would be opened. And, and Jesus said to them, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. The blind saw. And the, that woman who'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and that flow of blood it would not cease. And remember, she reached out and she touched, pushed around, frail as she was. But she reached out. She touched the hem of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment. And instantly, instantly, you know, she was made whole. And Jesus said to her, your faith, your faith. She believed if she could just touch that hem of his garment. And Jesus said to her, your faith has made you whole. And so... You know where there was no faith, and the opposite of faith is unbelief. Where there was no faith, it produced limitations. Jesus was not effective in his hometown of, of, of Nazareth, and where there was no and where there was no faith, you know it demonstrated Jesus could do no mighty works, and he did no mighty works in his hometown in Nazareth because they were full of unbelief. And we read on. One, one occasion, in Mark 6 and verse 33, he said, When Jesus sent out his disciples, they anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. We know that oil, that's in Mark six thirteen, Oil is, is one of the symbols, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And so, what we're going to do shortly is we're going to just anoint with oil those who are sick and those who would like to, to come to the front, Uh, We're going to anoint with oil and pray, and we're going to just believe this morning. Believe together, believe together, that you know Jesus. He is Jehovah Rapha, and believe for his healing touch. And I'm going to ask Sarah to come now and just share just a testimony of a recent healing or a recent miracle, and. Um, Then I want to share a testimony, and then we're going to pray.
1: I just have a testimony that the Lord did in our family about 10 days ago. Um, Zadok and I had been playing frisbee outside in our backyard, and he bent down to pick it up off the ground and missed seeing a dead stick that was sticking straight up out of the ground. And it went right into the inside corner of his eye, causing a lot of pain, understandably. He couldn't open his eye for quite some time, and when he was finally able to open it, it was very scratched and red, and there was a very obvious sliver in it. So, miracle number one happened when we were able to secure him an appointment with an eye specialist at the hospital, at the Guthrie. A normal eye doctor doesn't remove foreign objects, so we had to seek help from a different doctor, a specialist. And upon arrival, Zadok was seen by a nurse who confirmed that it did look really bad, and there was indeed a foreign body in his eye, and she called two other nurses in to look at it as well, and they also saw it. It was very, very obvious, and she left the room to go get the doctor, and I said to Zadok, we need to pray, and we need to ask the Lord to make the sliver disappear, and that his eye would feel better, so we did. We, we prayed. I had sent messages to a few people, and I knew that they were praying as well, and uh, all the grandparents were praying. And, um, so we prayed and the doctor came in and immediately his first, um, comment that he made was on Zadok's name. And he just said, that's an unusual name. And how do you pronounce it? And that's, Pretty normal, most people who don't know that name have a hard time pronouncing it or whatever. So we chatted for a second about that. And I mentioned, I said, oh, it's a, it's a Hebrew name in case anybody wants to know. And so he proceeded then to examine Zadok's eye. He looked at every part, he put drops in, he was shining all these lights in. And miracle number two happened when after a few minutes he checked it out and he commented, he about had a heart attack when the nurses came in and told him that there was something in his eye. Because he said, there's nothing there. And uh, I, had sa- I, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and I looked at the nurse next to me. And uh, he said, yeah, there's nothing in there. Like, I don't know, I don't know what they were seeing. Or-. And I said, I saw that sliver in his eye. And he said, well, I, I was like, what do you mean? There's nothing in there. And he said, do you want to see for yourself? And I said, yes, I do. So I went over, and the sliver was gone, totally gone. There was nothing there, and I was incredulous. I just looked at it, and my first thing out of my mouth, I said, Zadok, we prayed, and God took that sliver out of your eye. And I looked at the doctor, and I said, he did, we prayed. (laughs) And the doctor just kind of looked at me for a second. He said, most certainly, if that sliver was there, he would have had to have surgery right away. And um, the nurse was also shocked, and so Miracle number three happened when the doctor began to ask us questions, and he said, tell me where Zadok's name really comes from. And I said, well, and so we proceeded to tell him you know, who Zadok was in the Bible and um, the meaning of his name, and uh, the descendants of Zadok were those who stayed faithful to God in his ways, and it means just and righteous, and I didn't hold anything back because he asked, so I just gave it to him. And uh, he commented, he said, so, if you were so careful to choose a name from the Bible that has a, a, a wonderful meaning and you, and you, you know, wanted him to have a good name, and you prayed that God removed this sliver from his eye, he said, isn't that evidence of a wonderful, loving God who takes care of his little ones? And I said, it absolutely is. And he had made a, a comment before. He had never heard the name Zadok, probably because he didn't go to church as much as, much as he should. <laughs> so... Our testimony of God's goodness is this: Not only did God preserve Zadok's eye in the first place, that the stick hit the corner of his eye and not the center of his eye; not only did He do a miracle in removing that sliver; not only ten days later is his eye completely healed, um, but God orchestrated all of those events to allow us to be at the hospital to share with this specialist doctor at that exact day and plant some seeds about the Lord, and. My dad shared with us on New Year's Eve, and I will be forever impacted by this. My dad is a seed sower. He loves to plant seeds, um, for the Lord. And he said, you know, be willing when you wake up in the morning to jump into any conversation that the Lord might be having with someone else. And, um, I believe we jumped into a conversation that God was having with his doctor and, uh, we were able to plant some more seeds. So, Zadok has a follow-up visit this week on Wednesday. It's not for us, Um, (laughs) it's not to see if his eye is better because it is completely better. Um, We are going to plant some more seeds for this doctor if you happen to think of it. Please um, pray that All glory would go to the Lord for it. We gave the glory to God in that doctor's office. We are still giving the glory to God. And we believe that the Lord has a plan for this doctor as well. And it wasn't an accident that all of those events happened when they did. So we're so grateful. And we know when when the healing comes, it's not just to make us feel better or to make our lives easier, but it is for the glory of God and for the furtherance of his kingdom here on earth.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah and uh, you know when you've had a healing yourself i mean nothing can nothing can take away from you no matter what anybody says that you know healing is real and i had a wonderful healing where i just about died of cerebral malaria and when i was in port moresby in papua new guinea and i'd been preaching i'd been into the village there were a lot of mosquitoes there. I got bitten and so on. Anyway, I, I, en- I ended up getting, ver- getting worse. I ended up with fever and vomiting. Then I lost consciousness. And then the young people I was with took me, rushed me to the hospital. Doctors examined me. I was, it was the last stages of cerebral malaria. The malaria had gone to the, the brain. The, doc- the doctor said there was only one case worse than this. And the person had died, and uh, uh, and said to call my parents in New Zealand. Four-fifths of my bl- red blood cells had gone; hemoglobin was right down. My friend, my friend Dean, said, "You know, if if he lives," and the the doctor just blurted out, "You know, he won't live." But then the doctor said, "If he if he did, he would be like a vegetable, the rest of his life with permanent brain damage," and so. The team there of, of young people, they fasted, they prayed, they set up an all-night prayer chain, and they prayed, you know, someone from midnight to one, and one o'clock till two, and so on. And, you know, as they prayed during those night hours, uh, you know, God spoke. And one word that was quickened was Psalm 118, verse 17, you shall not die, but live and declare the wonderful works of God. Another one was was in John eleven and verse four, and it said, "This sickness, you know, is this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God." And, and they held on to those scriptures, and they they, they 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 confessed them out loud. Thank God, you know, thank you, Lord. David is not going to die. He will live. He will declare the wonderful works of God. And uh, and another one ha- w- was quickened the thought of on the seventh day on the going around Jericho that the the enemy's the walls came crumbling down they had a great victory and uh, and you know during that time three days had gone by I was still unconscious I was on my beard and I remember my friend Dean he came in and he said, well even though i, I you know I was unconscious but he said David David Jesus is alive Jesus is wonderful and I don't even remember it, but somehow my spirit was alive to God. And I just said, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I just, from my, from my, from my spirit, you know, those, those words came out. And, uh, you know, then he said, you know, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is healing you. And, you know, God raised me up. And on, the, on that seventh day, I was sitting up in bed, eating breakfast, totally healed, by the power of God and uh, you know the doctors were amazed and because they'd said that you know if I if I did survive you know I had a permanent brain damage and you know they wanted me to see some psychiatrist to examine me and make sure my mind was still still right but you know God is a God of miracles nothing is too hard for the Lord and nothing is too hard for the Lord so be encouraged keep pressing in. Don't give up. Look to the Lord. You know, great days are ahead. And even though we haven't seen too much, you know, of healings, miracles, you know, lately, but it is coming. It is coming. And we should seek to encourage ourselves to press on, to go on for the Lord, and to keep believing that He indeed will do great things. Now, this morning, we're just going to Give an opportunity for any who would like prayer. If you'd prefer not to, that's fine. But if you would like prayer, uh, and we're going to anoint with oil, if you just, let's all, we'll all stand. And if you just like to come to the, the front, and we'll be happy to pray with you. And uh, we'll, let's look to the Lord together this morning. Amen.